time. Time is running out. Calling all patriots and lovers of our constitutionally protected, God-given, self-evident, innate legal rights in Tennessee and the United States of America. If you are sickened by the liberty-eroding activities of a government that hates you, then it is time to wake up. If you are fed up with the tyrannical leadership on display by all levels of government, now is the time to listen to your reveille call. If you are equally tired of the political class, the new aristocracy, lying to you in their pursuit of power and control, now is the time to take a stand in the arena. Please welcome your host, Larry Linton, U.S. Navy veteran and candidate for Tennessee House of Representatives to the Liberty Leadership and Lies podcast. Welcome back to this week's episode of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. As promised last week, I'm airing a conversation I had with the founder and executive director of Tennessee Stands and former candidate for state senator here in Tennessee, Mr. Gary Humble. I had to break the conversation up into two parts and we'll air them this week and next week. Tennessee Stands is the organization that Gary Humble founded in 2020 with the purpose to awaken and equip all citizens to boldly assert their unalienable rights. Before we get into the conversation, we need to hear from the show's sponsor, Anchor.fm. I will air part one of the conversation with Gary just as soon as we come back from the break. With that, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to the commercial and then get started. Well, after that brief introduction, we have uh, Mr. Gary Humble here, and I hope the audience gives him a warm welcome. How you doing today, Gary? I'm doing great, Larry. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Well, it's a, it's a pleasure and an honor, purely all my part. Uh, as I let the audience know that you've founded Tennessee Stands a couple years ago, and can you tell us a little bit more about it in your own words? Well, just since 2020, I mean, um, as a as a dad, as an everyday uh, Tennessean, uh, fighting to preserve um, our individual liberties per our Constitution here in Tennessee, and primarily see that our government operates in such a way that it respects the limits placed upon it by our Constitution. And of course, uh, 2020 was a seminal year for not only Tennesseans, but Americans uh, watching our federal government and our state government um, exceed its powers to a level that I don't, I'm, I'm not sure many Americans uh, expected was actually possible. Um, of course, there's things that have been going on for decades. We can go back to the Patriot Act and just all the, all the different usurpations of our liberties. Um, but 2020, of course, was a big year, and so we started Tennessee Stands, and um, we've been calling out rhinos and <laughs> fighting for liberty ever since. Yeah, I, I call them transpublicans because they they call themselves Republicans to get you know elected, and then then once they get into a place to govern, they do not govern as, by the principles of the grand old party, the Republican Party. 
I, I think it's a, I think it's a fantastic word. <laughs> well, thank you. Actually, I kind of, I kind of borrowed that from something that Mr. John Harris said when he was down here for a Second Amendment rally in Sevier County. I twisted it up a little bit to put my own spin on it, but yeah, they definitely uh, are looking more and more like a uniparty is what we can call them. Yeah, it's it, that's what we see, uh, and I think we we see that in election cycles, especially we see that. Typically, folks uh, in power uh, do what is necessary, uh, and it, and it's it's an ends justify the means sort of philosophy. They, they throw the Constitution and, and liberty and rights out the window, and they do what's necessary to retain their own power. And that's definitely the operation of the Uniparty at work. Absolutely, and you know this really gets me because you know I'm a guy that served in the military for thirty years, and I. I understand what it means when I swear an oath. And all of these people that are in you know, Nashville and in Washington, D.C., they swear an oath to the Constitution. Yet I'm not sure if they've even read that document or understand that these documents were written to limit government, not people. But everything that seems to be coming out of D.C. and Nashville here lately, especially, like you said, since 2020, the seminal year, has been to limit people. And I'm just, um, I'm terrified that the apathy of the the electorate has allowed this to go on. And I don't know how much longer it can go on. Yeah, and I love that you brought up the oath. I mean, the, the oath of the governor and our um, state legislators is defined in our Constitution. And, of course, the governor, his, his oath is, is very simple. Um, and it's just to do two things. It's to uphold the... United States Constitution, the state constitution, but the our state legislators, it goes just one additional level. If they swear an oath to the Constitution, but then they swear an oath specifically to ensure that the rights and privileges secured therein to the people um, are never abridged, and that's literally their their sole focus and duty is to ensure that those rights uh, and privileges secured in the Constitution are never abridged, are never separated, are never abrogated from the people. And um, But oftentimes we get – I can't remember who said this, but um, you know, there, there's a saying by a lot of folks. It's any time a, a session of the General Assembly starts, you know, um, careful, that they're, they're taking liberty in, in some way, shape, or form. And when, in other words, when they're not in session – uh, we're safe. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're not I, doing anything to steal our rights away. I've said that quite often at the federal and state level. Every time government is in session, our our liberty is at risk. Yeah. Because absolutely. they legislate and they legislate far outside the bounds of their restrictions, and it's it's just terrible what we've come to at this point in history in our state and in our nation that the people that are elected to you know our constitutions are which puts our system of government in place, our government is instituted by men to secure the people's liberty. That's the primary function of government. And yet, what is their focus on? I mean, I'm just reading recently about stuff that the Tennessee General Assembly is doing once again to benefit corporations with our sweat equity. It's Always. It's just, a, it's just a mean, again, it's Machiavellian, like you said. It's a means to an end. Their means is our liberty to the end, which is their power. Yeah, and and you know we mentioned uh, you know rhinos and trans publicans. I mean, I, I would say in Tennessee, in, in my view, when I look at um, 
what we went through with COVID and the policies that were that were put in place and the things that we fought. And then, of course, this last session, um, when you watch, you know, doling out billions of dollars, uh, certainly millions at least, uh, to the Ford Motor Corporation, you know, building Titans, a, a Titan stadium, all the things that we're doing. We, I, I, in Tennessee, we are a, a chamber of commerce Republican Party. Uh, and these folks run lock, stock, and barrel uh, in step with what is good for corporate America and and, and globalists. And um, it's for me, I think as much as we fought for medical freedom and as much as I care about election integrity and getting the progressive agenda out of our schools, when, when I look at our legislature, the, the thing I fear the most is the fact that I, I feel like we really serve some type of an oligarchy or, or a true a true fascist system, which is which the, the root of fascism really is when the corporations actually run in tandem and in partnership with the government. And uh, that's my view right now of of our Tennessee Republican Party. And it it concerns me a great deal. Right. When you look at them both, the corporations or these, yeah, these big corporations and our state party, there is no light between them. You can't see anything in between them. And so when they serve those interests, those interests are often counter to the people's liberty, such as we saw during, you know, the COVID when these government contracts with companies, the legislature protected those instead of protecting Tennesseans. Well, yeah, it's always driven by profits. And it's not that profits in and of themselves are a bad thing. The problem is that oftentimes profits can be at the expense of of the liberty of others. And uh, so when you're always focused on just the profits, I mean, my, my state senator here, who I ran against not all that long ago, it's all he talks about, low taxes, you know, pro, I'm pro-business. Well, you know, I'm, I'm pro-business too. I don't have anything against uh, businesses succeeding, and I don't have anything against ensuring that government regulations are not overbearing uh, that can damage businesses. But, but I will not support uh, a, a business over the rights of the individual. I just want I, those rights are equal. You're, you being a business owner doesn't give you any sort of greater or superior rights to anyone else. Uh, so anyway, absolutely, it, it's our General Assembly and U.S. Congress as well. They're picking and choosing winners and losers in the free market, and when That's they right. when they do such activity like that, the loser usually ends up being the people it's not the winner is going to be the company but it's going to be what the company has as its own interest not the people's interest yeah, so, the scales the in, in those types of uh, situations the scales will always be weighted and uh, that's the problem absolutely I mean, government's job is not i mean it's not one of their constitutionally mandated roles to pick the winners and losers in the free market in fact their job, like I stated earlier, is to secure the people's liberty. And sometimes that's going to go against corporate interests, but they've sided with the corporations against the people, securing the people's liberty quite often. Agreed. So, and I mentioned this in the when I give your intro, uh, <clears throat> there is a silver lining, I believe, in, the, in, in your run against Senator Jack Johnson. And uh, that can be seen by a couple of pieces of legislation he's already put forward. What do you think about the uh, those two SB1 and SB3s? 
Yeah, you know, I mean, all, all of a sudden, uh, our our state senator from Williamson County is a, is a fighter. <laughs> oh my God, you, you actually made him be a conservative. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I I certainly like to think uh, I had a little something to do with that. And hey, if if the outcome of me running for state senator and uh, ultimately losing my bid is getting a uh, some a few more, a little bit more conservative. Uh, action and a, a better foot forward uh, from our incumbent. Um, I'm honestly fine with that. I, you know, I, I can't I can't speak in great detail to all three of those bills that have been filed. Um, all I can say is I'm hopeful, and I'm certainly you know it gives me some optimism uh, in terms of what our general assembly intends to accomplish this year. Uh, I think if we can you know protect our kids, um, I'm thankful for the work that the Daily Wire did in exposing. You know, again, I, I, like I said previously in some videos, um, I don't think what was going on at Vanderbilt in terms of these gender-affirming surgeries was, was any secret to a lot of folks in our legislature because there was legislation on the table to deal with that issue for two years now. Uh, but I'm thankful that the Daily Wire made it such a national issue that the, the pressure is so great that our General Assembly can no longer ignore the issue. And... Um, Combined with the fact that they've they've now taken a, a turned an eye to the COVID protection bill that we passed last year in special session, and are now looking to um, permanently extend those protections to employees uh, from being coerced to get the jab. Um, I'm appreciative of those things. So, we'll, you know, there, there's there's still lots of room for error, as as you well know. These these bills will get amended, and lobbyists and special interests will get involved, and pressure will be put. Uh, on these folks to water these efforts down. So, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll reserve judgment until we see what we actually come out of the session with. Right. The, to what comes out of committee usually isn't what goes in. And that's just the, that's the terrible fact of, you know, again, our government siding with lobbyists and corporations over the people's liberty. It's just, it's mind boggling to me that we've got to this point in our country. I, mean, I, I, I've told this before on my podcast you know, I've always sided with the the political party that said they had, you know, that I felt most at home with. It, yet I was blinded by their lies for so long, but by all of government's lies. Because I mean, my main concern while serving on active duty and fulfilling my oath was, you know, to not get killed. Uh, yeah. But now that I've retired and I see all this stuff that going against the Constitution that I've swore an oath to protect and defend is just terrible. And I couldn't, I can't believe our country's at this point. And I'm so thankful that there are people like you and organizations like Tennessee Stands that are out there doing this work. I think, what, what can we do to get more people involved in this work? Yeah, well, that's, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I'll say, I'll say this, not, not to be a, a Debbie Downer, but, you know, I, I've watched, and, and this is just a, a business perspective, right? I mean, what, what we do at Tennessee Stands certainly isn't all about fundraising, but if, if we don't fundraise, we don't exist. It's sort of part of being a nonprofit. And there's two metrics that I've, I've paid attention to over the past two years, and, and one of it's fundraising, and the other is engagement. You know, we can see um, the amount of folks that engage with our emails on a regular basis and the amount of folks um, – a lot of times we'll put out legislative alerts and ask people across the state to take action by, you know, click on this button and contact your state legislate, legislator and let them know that you support this bill or whatever. And uh, we can track 
that engagement. And, you know, it's disappointing in some regards. I mean, in, in 2020, early 2021, like, you know, fundraising and engagement and action and email, it was just through the roof. I mean, just re- you could tell people were engaged and you saw, you could literally watch the metrics over time after the special session in 2021 when we passed the COVID protection bill. So all of a sudden, you know, schools are no longer mandating masks on the kids. People aren't losing their jobs or, or their, their jobs aren't being threatened to the degree that they once were because of the jab on and on, all these things, all these issues. And you could literally watch the metrics. You could watch the, 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 the revenue, the donations, the email engagement, the willingness to take action, the attendance at rallies, you know, whatever it is. Um, you can watch it go down significantly. And then when something else crops up, you know, and, and there's another threat or inflation or, you know, the, the federal federal overreach, you know, you kind of see an uptick again. And so the, the problem is what I'm getting at is people, it's just human condition, right? We, we respond to pressure or our perceived pressure. And when that pressure lets up, we tend to disengage a bit. And what, I think my mission and what Tennessee stands is trying to do is communicate to people, look, this is, this is not about always being in a, in a fight necessarily, but it is always about being fully engaged. That, that is the idea of self governance. It is the way our system is worked. And when, whenever we as citizens choose to disengage, um, then that system of self governance breaks down and, and what that means in conclusion is that government does not and cannot work the way it was intended to. And so our constant work is trying to keep people engaged and trying to communicate that idea of self-governance where folks aren't just responding to uh, pressure. They are just responding to a natural inclination towards civic engagement because it's just what we do as Americans and Tennesseans. And we are a, a far cry from that place right now, but um, it, it's my mission to get a lot closer, uh, to, to, to get a lot more people engaged consistently. So, Absolutely. That's that's why I'm trying to do what I do with this podcast and my website as well. And I, I, I see a lot of our talking points are similar, but because it, it is apathy of the electorate that has got us to this point. And they do yeah. see the the their fearic victories, like the minor victories that we have. It still ends up losing the war because government will never stop applying pressure. When the people that's stop exerting equal or greater pressure, that's when our liberties are eroded. So we have to get this engagement where where we have to get to a constant level of pressure. It doesn't have to be the extreme level of pressure. But it has to be a constant level of pressure where a lot of the citizens are engaging with their elected officials to let them know every day, hey, we are watching you and we hey, we support this or we don't support that. But if that goes away, they just it's just business as usual. Well, and, and I, you know, one one bill in particular that, that caught my eye this morning, I was there's there's not a, a lot of bills that have been submitted for next year yet, but there are a few and. I think this is a 
gosh, I think there were there's nine or ten Senate bills submitted so far as of today, and one caught my eye this morning. And just to just to further what you're saying in terms of, any, of the government always applying pressure, you know, you mentioned John Harris earlier, who is, is a friend, and and I respect him a lot. Runs the Tennessee Farms Association. I mean, they're constantly a you know a group working to secure fully secure our Second Amendment rights here in Tennessee. And, you know, it, it, it takes a lot to educate Tennesseans against the misinformation their government feeds them. For example, you'll hear Republicans and the governor and GOP leadership say, hey, you know, we passed constitutional carry. Well, you, you pretended to pass constitutional carry and you call it constitutional carry, but it's not. It is a form of permitless carry, but there's still work to do. And in some people's minds, when we when we have a small win, we're always building on that win. But it's important to realize that even though you win, you're not just building on the win. You're also preventing that win being taken away from you because laws can change every time the General Assembly goes into session. Like you stated earlier, we're mentioning, you know, every time they go into session, we're in trouble. So there's been a bill submitted by um a new she came out of the house and, and and was appointed and now she's she won this last election senator london lamar out of memphis uh in shelby county a, a democrat and she's now submitted a bill that would amend um our state's permitless carry to now uh re- still require a an enhanced carry permit in the state of Shelby County, I mean, which is unconstitutional, by the way, but in, in terms of how she wrote the bill. But here you have a, a, a GOP that's touting we passed constitutional carry. And in the very next session, you have a Democratic senator who's running a bill to require that just in her county, you still have to have a permit to carry a firearm. You can't follow the the state's permitless carry laws. Right, Senate, um, Senate Bill 10. Yeah, and, and my, my point in, in mentioning that is you you can never let down your guard, and you can never, as an electorate, be ever watchful because you must realize that at every turn, the liberty that you think you have and the rights that you think you have secured are always at risk of being taken away by a tyrant. And uh, it's and it's not that that bill has any chance at all in passing the current legislature, but it's just important to make the point that liberty secured one time is not liberty for liberty is a, is a work of eternal vigilance, as I think you and I fully agree on. And that that is where people need to get. That is where citizens in Tennessee need to get to um, this this feeling of being safe. Uh, needs to go away. You're never safe. Never. You're always fighting to ensure that liberty is secured. Right. And then was it John Adams? You said uh, liberty lost now is lost forever. That's right. So, so what, once government takes a hold of it, I mean, just, again, let's go back to John Harris and the work he's doing with the Second Amendment. The the ways that they have twisted the meaning of the words, the plain language words in our Second Amendment, have have had repercussions. Every you know since. 1791, when the Bill of Rights was put in there, we still are allowing government to 
redefine words in order to meet their goals. And it, and it's twisting plain language. So that's got to be a constant fight. And it isn't just our, you know, right to self-defense or right to own a firearm. It's every one of our rights, like to be safe in our home, which like you alluded to earlier, the Patriot Act. We're not even safe in our own homes because of government intrusion. Right. Well, I hope you enjoyed the first half of the conversation with the conservative fighter here in Tennessee and that you will return next week to hear the remainder of it. In closing this week, wisdom from God's word comes to us from Proverbs 6, 5. Free yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the snare of the fowler. We must all free ourselves and not wait for somebody else to do the work each of us must do. We have to get involved. There are many organizations out there that are working to free us from the creeping tyranny here in Tennessee, as well as across the nation. But as the saying goes, many hands make light work. Or as I say, the more people that share the poop sandwich, the easier it is to finish it off. Head over to TennesseeStands.org and look for ways for you to get involved. Tennessee Stands is just one of many groups of patriots out there that are eating the sandwich by themselves. Jump in, because what do you have to lose? Well, liberty is what we all have to lose unless we start working together. Thank you all for listening this week, and I pray that you enjoy the rest of your weekend and the coming week ahead. Until next week, stand in the arena with me, Reveille. It's time to wake up.